0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Fantasy Golf Bag Podcast. My name is Drew Matthews, also known as Red Kachik, and I will be previewing the 2021-2022 season of the Shriners Children's Open. Um, This event's played in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, We'll talk about the golf course here in just a minute, and we'll talk about the players. My FGB rankings are already up on FantasyGolfBag.com. Those are completely free, so if you want to check those out, you can go to FantasyGolfBag.com, click on DFS rankings, and you can see all my player ranks for both DraftKings and FanDuel. It includes their projection and their projected ownership, um, as well as obviously the ranking that I have based on several different stats, uh, course history, strokes gain, um, approach, off the tee, Even putting, I bake into that. Uh, A lot of different things. So you can find all that at fantasygolfbag.com. I'm also fully opened up the subscriptions for Fantasy Golf Bag. So if you want to join us and become a full-time Fantasy Golf Bagger, you can join. uh, If you go to fantasygolfbag.com, you can click on the account and plans. And then you can either pay by week, pay by month, whatever you want to do. Um, that will include everything we do behind the paywall including court content showdowns, any future uh, enhancements on the projections such as like data uh, if we include certain data, data points we bring back the spectrum data which was a f- big fan favorite back in 2020 and 2019. Um, but yeah so again, long story short, the rankings are free they will t- they will be remaining free for at least the rest of this calendar year through uh, Christmas um, but you are welcome to subscribe to the full fantasy golf bag premium memberships and you can find that info at uh, on the website under plans and uh, like last week I did a live stream Wednesday night on Twitch and probably will do the same thing again uh, this Wednesday uh, we, it honestly was really it was a very good session uh, we, we looked through a couple guys some didn't work out some did um, that were ranked poorly or projected poorly on different fantasy golf websites. And we dug in a little bit deeper. Um, I mean, even some people their their projections for ownership didn't match up with the projection for the actual golfer. So we looked into some of those, some worked out, some didn't. Um, but we move on to this week with the Shriners Children's Hospital, Shriners Children's Open, um, which is a fun event, honestly, in the fall swing, I feel like they all kind of mesh together like the Sanderson, the Shriners, um, as we go forward into some of the other events, like the CJ cup is going to be at shadow Creek, which is in Las Vegas. Still it's, it's going to feel it, it's, this is one of the most, my favorite event of the fall swing. Usually it's got a decent field. So we can see that in the top of the pricing of Brooks Kepka, Webb Simpson, Victor Hovland, um, and the list goes on, which we'll touch on. Um, but it's an interesting event for the scoring. So if we look at the last couple of years, and then I'll touch on the golf course, the last four years, not including 2018, which was a very wonky year with Patrick Cantley winning at, I think it was single digits, to be honest. So you'll see, you'll see why that's wonky. If we look at last year's winner, uh, Martin Laird won at 23 under par. Um, in a playoff over Austin Cook and Matthew Wolf, Abraham Hanser there at fourth. If we go to the year prior, Kevin Nall won at 23 under in a playoff over Patrick Cantley. So again, 23 under is the magic number. Um, in 2018, Bryson DeChambeau won at 21 under. So again, 20 under par, winning score. Um, interesting enough, Patrick Cantley finished second that year and he lost in the playoff against Kevin na so Cantley would be the chalk de jour this week um, and then if we jump all the way back to 2016 Rod Pampling beat Brooks Kepka by two shots he finished at 20 under par so again 20 under par 23 under par is expected to be the scoring I will follow up on the weather on Wednesday night on the live stream so we'll pull that up and talk a little bit about any wave stacks that we potentially could could target but for the most part 20 to 23 under par is going to be um, the winning score. The The cut varies. So like last year, the cut was seven under, which is super deep. Um, the years prior was five under, three under, and three under. So um, again, I don't, I don't know how projecting the cut it really matters. You, you can look at the winning score. It's going to be pretty low scoring. You're going to want to target guys that can rattle off five, six, seven birdies in a round. Um, you know, a guy that's going to make two or three birdies, but no bogeys isn't really going to cut it but if a guy's going to make five, seven, five, six, seven, eight birdies, maybe one double or a couple bogeys, that, that's perfect. This is what I want for this this week. Um, the golf course itself, if we want to talk about the golf course, it is a par 71, 7,255 yards. Obviously, it's in Las Vegas. Uh, it is going to be bent grass greens, which is very surprising to me. I, I assume it's a a different breed of bent grass, not that that really matters. I'm sure people will hammer me for saying different breed of bent grass, but um, generally when I think of bent grass, I think of like the northeast to just to see it in the desert where it's hot and dry um, is kind of odd, so that's more of a side note, but it is bent grass is what they claim for the greens fairways and rough will be Bermuda, uh, which is pretty normal for that climate um Other things to note about the golf course, I don't think too much. Obviously, it's going to be low scoring, targeting. uh, Ball striking is always going to be a priority. Putting, I do think, is important. Um, Can someone do well like Sam Burns did last week and go low without really gaining a ton of strokes putting? Possibly. But I I really want to get the guys that are doing well with the the irons. Obviously, the driver is going to be kind of key this week too. And then someone that at least can gain strokes putting. I'm not just going to weigh in 100% strokes gained tee to green or strokes gained ball striking and then just hopefully they get hot with the putter. I actually want to see somebody that shows me some upside with the putter. Um, Outside of that, I don't think... Oh, the only other thing I want to mention before we hop into the plays. um, Most of the top-priced guys, I'd say everybody over 9,000. Except for Victor Hovland, I've played this golf course or this tournament at least once in the last five years. Um, So there's some course history you can use. It looks sporadic. Like, honestly, besides Patrick Cantley, who had a win and then three back-to-back-to-back second-place finishes, there's a lot of—it's just all over the place. Like, answer, if we just use him as an example really quick— um, he played in 2018 and he missed the cut. The next year he finished top five. Then the next year he played and missed the cut. And the next year he finished top five. So, um, and that's just, I mean, honestly, several of these guys besides Webb Simpson are kind of the same boat. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama, T16, then a missed cut. Sam Burns, T20, and then back to back missed cut. So uh, Brooks Kepka, second place in 2017 and a miscut in 2020. So I want to kind of use course history, but I don't know if it's so much of the finishes as much as just playing here. Obviously, if I see someone with three or four miscuts in the last four years, it's probably a stay away. But uh, I did want to mention that most of these guys have seen the golf course, and honestly, most of them, being one of the stronger players in a weakish field, uh, they all have fared well at least once. Um, Webb Simpson has been the most consistent he has gone the last four years 13th 7th 15th and 20th um so at 10-2 uh I don't know if you know a top 15 is really going to do it but obviously in cash games ten-two for Webb Simpson made cut top 20 top 15 is probably right where you want to go as your first click but um I think that's enough about the golf course. If anything else pops up between now and Wednesday, I'll bring it up on the live stream. And of course, uh, we'll talk more about some of these under the radar guys and uh, the weather for Thursday morning. So the first thing I want to do, again, the, the FGB rankings are on Fantasy Golf Bag and they are 100% free. I'm going to jump to the top ranked guys this week. Um, so we looked at that a little bit last Wednesday and I think a couple caught our eye. Uh, and I wanted to look at them first before we really get into it. So like, starting from the top, if I just sort on everybody that is ranked 89th or higher, 89th percentile or higher, uh, Mito is going to be the highest-priced, high-ranking guy. So um, he is 7,800 this week, a big price bump down from last week. But if we look at his his form, I mean, he's doing everything we want. He struggled last week. He finished 31st at the Sanderson. Um, third place at the Fortinet, and he had back-to-back top sixes right before the cut at the Wyndham. Um, ball striking is there. He gained 11 strokes T to green at the Fortinet Championship, and he gained 8.5 strokes T to green last week, and he lost five strokes on the greens. I'm not too concerned with it. I think he's still a play. Uh, we have his projected ownership at 11%. So even with a 31st last week, for which for me at 9k is is a little bit disappointing but he, he played great and he's 7800 this week i will be happy to go back to him with decreased ownership to be honest i think he was close to 16 to 20 percent last week at 9k um so this week at 7800 i will d- gladly take some mito um the next one on the list is ian Poulter at 7k he just doesn't do much from a ball striking standpoint like he's never really popping um i should say he's obviously a good ball striker um but he, he's just too cheap. I mean, seven thousand for him in this type of field. He's never he hasn't played this event at least in the last five years. And I think with his history of making a lot of cuts every season, an event where he could get hot with the putter, he's known to get hot with the putter. Uh, Ian Poulter is obviously a great GPP play, but I think he's a he's a fantastic value at seven k. So Ian Poulter would be number two on that list. Trey Molinax, um, actually two or three guys right in a row that are priced under 7K that I'll talk that I'll touch on. Trey Molinax at 6600, Hayden Buckley at 6600, and Seth Reeves at 6400. All three of these guys are coming off of really good finishes last week at the Sanderson Farm. Uh, worst finish is Seth Reeves; he finished eighth. Um, the other two, Hayden Buckley and Trey Molinax, finished fourth. So it's a little bit of a, a limited sample size, and you're kind of riding the hot play off of last week. Um, they all gain strokes putting. They all gain strokes ball striking. So there's really nothing um, like to note that they did exceptionally well or exceptionally poorly. So I do think those three, I wouldn't play all three together, but if you were you know, building a rule out for your optimizer or whatever you're using to build – Um, I would do a max of one of those, but definitely include those three in your player pool and GPPs the just coming off of last week and they're cheap enough. I mean, another top 20 at their price is fantastic. And if they continue their hot streak, which we've seen guys do, uh, over the past season that are just kind of, they just stay 6k, 7k. k. think of like a Hank Lebiota. Um, they're worth playing at least limited this week in, uh, in tournaments. Speaking of Hank Labiota he is next on the list. Um, he still rings really well, and I'm not really sure why. He obviously had a fantastic summer with seven straight made cuts and three top tens, um, and then his last three events this season, he has finished miscut, miscut, miscut. So it, it doesn't look good off the tee. Approach is you know kind of kind of up and down, probably because off the tee has been so bad. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time on Hank Lebiota, but I did want to mention if you go through the rankings, he's ranked plenty high to play. Um, But I have no interest in playing Hank Lebiota. I think it's just residual uh, ball striking stats from the summer where he played really, really well. And then the last one down there is Sam Ryder at 6,300. Again, had a couple events now, gaining strokes on approach, and that's really what buffers him being so cheap. Um, I don't have any interest in Sam Ryder this week. And uh, he's played. Let's see this event each of the last four years. Um, he does have a third place back in 2018, but you have to recall 2018. He had a he had a season where I think he got into like the congressional event for Tiger, um, and he was like first round lead in Texas for the Houston Texas Open. I think like he had a really good a really good year. So I think. 2018 is more of the state of his game at the time. Um, I don't think it's a course history play this week for Sam Ryder, unfortunately. All right. I think that does it for the top rank guys uh, overall that I just wanted to hit on really quick. Let's go ahead and jump into the player pool. And again, I'll I'll try to keep these podcasts under 30 minutes. We're right at about 15 minutes right now. So we got about 15 minutes left to go um, to walk through these different pricing tiers. So, as I mentioned in the 10K and up range, Webb Simpson is definitely going to be the cash game play at 10-2. Uh, his course history has been fantastic. He ranks really well for me, ball striking wise. Um, we all know about his putter, but it's it's honestly a, a course like this on bent grass, which is not really his best surface. I mean, it's a he's better than average, but it's not his best surface um, for putting. I think at 10-2 though, it just opens up so much if you're essentially guaranteeing a made cut and most likely guaranteeing a top 20 or top 25 at worst. So Webb Simpson at 10-2 um, is probably the go-to. I think Abraham Answer has as much upside, if not more than Webb Simpson at 10-4. He's just a little bit more sporadic on this golf course. And that's the only reason why I wouldn't throw him in cash. If you want to play super aggressively, you you do play Answer in um, three maxes, uh, single entry, stuff like that over Webb Simpson but answer answer is a fine play he just with the missed cuts in the top fives it's a little bit more up and down um if I jump to the top I don't I don't really have any interest in Brooks Koepka I don't know where his game's at after the uh the Ryder Cup and at 11,100 you're you're paying a lot for Brooks in a weak field where he's not like the strong strong favorite like Uh, I was reading some tweets just a minute ago before I came on. If you look at the Open Day Espana, um, DK didn't even price in John Rom today. I saw Sky tweeted about it and they were like, oh, yeah, we'll add him in tomorrow, but uh, be prepared to see his price. So I assume he's going to be like 13 or 14K because he's 2 to 1 in a full field uh, (laughs) European tour event, which is ridiculous. 2 to 1. That's Tiger Woods back in 2001, 2002. So. Um, I don't really have any interest in Sam Burns uh, either. I I don't mind playing him this week off of the win. It doesn't bother me, but I I would rather just save salary off the top tier. I don't think they have as much win equity in a weaker field like this, and I think it really limits you on your floor as you go down to the 7K and 6K um, for rounding out your lineups. Uh, Victor Hovland I like quite a bit, so that's really the tier that I would stick to. Victor Hovland, Abraham Answer, and Webb Simpson. I watched Wills al last week. Obviously, he made the cut and had a little bit of a run there. Um, I think he had a really low round on Friday. But I, I think he's borderline on he's borderline getting the putting yips. I mean, it's been bad. I've seen a few videos a couple months ago. But even this, this weekend, I mean, he was missing like three footers, two footers. It was awful. So I, ball striking-wise, he's always going to be in play. But just from my eyesight... Watching him play on a course where you know 20, 20 under par plus one, I don't think he can contend um, paying 10 1 for him this week until the putter gets squared away. So I'd rather just allot my shares up to Hovland and Answer and Simpson. All right, let's go down to the 9K range. Uh, this one's pretty much wide open for me, and I think it may be an interesting range, if I do dare say, you could just completely fade and you would have extreme leverage on the field. Um I think it's I think it's really scary to do that. But if you look at the ownership, so just like Kevin Na 9,100 up to Louis Uztazen at ninety nine hundred, right there is uh is six guys. Their average ownership is nineteen and a half percent um with a sum of hundred and seventeen percent. So those six guys right there averaging 20% ownership, if you just cut them out, that's 100% uh, ownership you're cutting out of your player pool immediately. Um, so I think that's an interesting angle in in the smaller smaller dollar, high GPP um, tournament. So outside of that, they're all in play for me. If you wanted to pick and choose, uh, I'd probably go Hideki over um, Louis Ustazen. I'd probably take Scotty Scheffler in that group and then probably Sung Jay. He played pretty well last week. Again, they're all going to be around 20% owned. So it's kind of pick your poison. But I really I really like the idea of just fading this group and just hoping for no one to win. And if you take that route and if you have the bankroll to do it and you want to be a little bit more risky, you, f- you just take this whole chunk out of your player pool, 9,000, Siwoo Kim up to Louis Oosthuizen, And just bet them. Bet them outright. I mean, they should be 20-plus to one. I'm going to pull up uh, DK Sportsbook really quick. As we got you live on the show, bear with me. Let's see. All right, so... Interesting enough, Louis Oosthayaen is second on this list, which doesn't make much sense. So I guess Louis would be the best value at 9,900 technically. Um, but going down to the list of like uh, Hideki Matsuyama, Hideki Matsuyama is 28 to one, Sung M 28 to one, uh, Harris English 25 to one. So like I said, you could cut out this entire section and then just bet them outright, and you'll get about 25 to 30 to one odds on all these guys. The exception being Louis Oosthayaen, which I just noticed somehow his second best odds to win the tournament, um, but is the seventh price guy, which doesn't make sense. So uh, I think that does it there. Let's hop down to the 8K range. I think this is a lot more wide open too with uh, actual in-play guys. Like I would rather eat the chalk on the pricing of a Corey Connors and a Paul Casey. Um, Patrick Reed comes back here, which uh, he's always in play for me, to be honest. It just... I don't know if any course really fits him or doesn't fit him. He's kind of like the Matthew Fitzpatrick of long golf courses doesn't bother him, short golf courses and narrow doesn't bother him. So uh, Patrick Reed is in play. Paul Casey, Corey Connors are my favorites. Those would be my three favorites, and I would go down to Joaquin Neiman um, last. And it's essentially based off of ownership. Like he's, I think he ranks fine, um, but twenty-two percent ownership for. You know, $8,300 Jokey Neiman I probably don't want to eat so it would be my last guy in at in the 8k range um, to reiterate Paul Casey, Corey Connors Patrick Reed are my favorites uh, okay let's go down to the 7k range um, I mentioned Mito he's at 7,800 he was definitely one of the first ones I'll plug in so if I want to plug in Webb Simpson and Cash Mito will be second right behind him um, let's see. Aaron Wise, a good week last week. I think this is a great event for him. Aaron Wise at seventy nine hundred. I like going down a little bit. Sahith Thigala. I, he str- he really struggled last week coming in. Um, I I don't mind putting a few shares on him. He's he's definitely going to be low owned off of his finish, and he struggled. Like I I wasn't really sure how to determine his Sunday based on Saturday. But if you watched his last three holes on Saturday, he was spraying it like one, I think it was 16. He sprayed it a two fairways to the right. I mean, and it was still in play just because of the nature of the golf course, but, and he made par. <laughs> but I mean, any other golf course, it's not going to be, that's not going to be playable. So I'm not sure what he'll take this week, but I do like playing a guy that came in with some confidence, maybe had a letdown, and now he's kind of fired back up to play well again this week. So, um, anyone else in this groove, I mean, Danny Willett coming off a win. I don't. I don't know if if I really want to chase it, um, but he's gonna be he's gonna be two to three percent owned. So doesn't always hurt to just play a guy that's coming off a win. And then uh, interesting enough, interestingly enough, um, Maverick McNeely is gonna be the highest owned in this range. Um, in the high sevens so that'll be a fade for sure for me um, I don't think anyone else Emiliano Grillo as we go down to low sevens he's still in play uh, Taylor Moore 7300 I talked about him last week I'll be playing some of him Pat Perez has had a good history here he ranks really high Luke List also ranks really high but the putter is what kind of bothers me. I'm going to pull up Luke List's stats really quick while we got you on the podcast. Because he's actually surprised me a little bit this last season. Um, Yeah, so he had... So his fourth place finish at the John Deere in July, he gained .1 strokes putting the week before at the Palmetto. He missed the cut and gained three strokes putting. So I thought maybe this is like a sign. He finally gained strokes putting. Then he gained strokes putting and ball striking at the John Deere, finished top five. And then the same thing at the Barbasol. He lost strokes putting, kind of normal, and finished fifth. So after that, he started losing strokes putting. So yeah, I, I think Luke Liss is out, um, but Pat Perez is, is certainly going to be in play. And then uh, as we go down to low sevens, off of last week, Cameron Young is, is probably going to be one of my favorite GPP plays at 7K. And Ian Poulter, I already mentioned at the top of the show, and I think that does it. And again, we'll have we'll have some more dialogue on the Wednesday live stream as people join and maybe ask some questions or talk about some of these guys. Like for one, an example of a guy that we would look at is uh, Rosmus Hogard, um, and what we would do is is basically pull up his ranking. Right now, I have him ranked. 27th percentile which isn't good the projections have him at 52 which isn't good and if you look at his last couple events though in the official world golf rankings on the european tour he has gone third place first place 18th place and a miscut so he kind of comes in with good form and he's going to be under the radar those are kind of the plays that we talk we touch on a little bit on wednesday night all righty the last little wave here in the 6K range, I, th- I think pretty much overlaps with the top of the show. I mentioned Trey Molinax and Hayden Buckley um, and Seth Reeves, who had good weeks last week, and I'd be willing to chase them a little bit here. Um, Stefan Jaeger at 6,800, kind of the same boat. He's a Corn Fairy Tour grad. I think he was a Corn Fairy Tour moneyless winner last year, if I'm not mistaken. He almost got the 3-1 promotion like Mito Pereira. Um, but he only got the two through like one and a half seasons there in 2019 through 2021. Uh, Mark Hubbard grades out pretty well at 6,100. So if you want to take a, a deep dart play on Hubbard, um, he's actually been kind of one of my favorite values all all year 2021. Yeah, his last four stars. Yeah, Hubbard's, Hubbard's very interesting. Uh, he's nestled down here at 6,100. I'm not really sure why he's played this event five times. He's got three missed cuts, a 42nd, and a 35th. So he's got course history. And then if you look through his last six starts, dating back through July, he's finished 41st, 20th, 16th, 51st, and 16th. So he's got five straight made cuts here. Um, yeah, Mark Hubbard, 6100, probably. Uh, I mean, he's borderline chalk material or uh, not chalk material, cash material at his price and with his made cut streak this is a good this is a good event for him plus those events that he played really well um, were all pretty low scoring like the 3M Open the Fortinet Championship um Barbasol Travelers so yeah Mark Hubbard 6100 I'll be uh definitely including him anyone else in this range don't think so um, yeah I think yeah I think that does it. So I'll let the show in there. We are right at 27 minutes so appreciate everybody tuning to the fantasy golf bag uh, podcast. I appreciate you guys if you can uh, leave a rating or a review also retweet whatever you can find any of our stuff on Twitter that always helps us out. And like I said, um, you can find this content and more at fantasyoffbag.com. Join us Wednesday night for the live stream, pre-lock live stream. Uh, That will be at Twitch.TV slash RedKachik. Best of luck this week. And uh, we'll see you next week for another exciting event for PGA Tour 2021-2022 season. See ya.